Welcome to Kush Chat. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Kush Chat with your host, Keon Torres. Can you believe it's the first week of August? Holy shit, it's fucking hot outside. And we have an amazing guest this week. And I gotta thank each and every one of you for tuning in each and every Thursday for Kush Chat. We have a major guest for you this week. He is one of the stars of the hit show, 60 Days In, on A&E. But before we get to the interview, let's hear a clip from the hit show, 60 Days In. One of the, the blacks, Savage, told me to cut his hair. I said, yeah, I don't have to cut hair. I'm decent enough. I'm gonna cut my hair and I'm gonna cut his hair. What you mean, nah? What you mean, nah? And I want him to cut my hair. Ain't nobody else cut my hair. But then this young kid, B Shaw, tells me the blacks are going next. In front of everybody, disrespecting me. Savage, did you not tell me to cut your hair? So B Shaw came and said I couldn't cut Savage's hair because I'm Chicano. Savage even told me to cut his hair. He comes out the room. In prison, I was literally an animal. I've been through war. These guys have no idea the blood I have shed. Even though it's been 10 years, you know, and I'm a chaplain, it's kind of hard to like, you know. This shit is in me, man. So automatically I called him out and said, you a punk. B-Shaw got it real quick when he saw that, hey, I'm not here to play with you. And he ran out the cell. Very smart for him to run out the cell. Tell the world who you are and what you do. What's going on? My name is Abner Garcia, also known as uh, Straight Cholo, the Enforcer. And Uh nowadays, uh, (laughs) the ripping up the Trump check. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Oh, let's get into that. Um, tell me what inspired you to rip up that stimulus check. Well, I was uh I was doing a TikTok. Well, just you know, just randomly, you know, in quarantine, and uh, I was just a little angry, you know, at the whole situation being a New Yorker and everything. So I was like, you know what, man, I, we don't even need this check. And my wife was like, well, you didn't deposit. I was like, I don't even care. And I ripped it. <laughs> I literally didn't sign it, anything, and ripped it up. And um, I just, it was just a spur of the moment, you know, and here I am and uh, <laughs> now. You went viral. Yeah, it went, it actually went viral, you know. And Welcome uh, to the World Star Club. <laughs> yeah, uh, Daily Mail in the United Kingdom and a couple other places now. I'm surprised Trump didn't tweet about you. Yeah, he most likely probably did uh, <laughs> read about it. <laughs> <laughs> <We>, <laughs> thank God we got more checks coming, though, but... <laughs> The next one, just burn it. Yeah, right? Yeah, it'll be a part two. <laughs> to start a campfire and just burn that shit. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I'm a reality TV star, you know. Of what show, sir? Uh, 60 Days In, it's on uh, A&E, Hulu, uh, YouTube. I mean, basically everywhere, all platforms. That's awesome. Uh, give me a little behind the scenes. Um. Who contacted you and all that to be a part of this? Yeah, it was, uh, I was on Facebook, man. I would say I only had like maybe 30 followers, family members and people from church, you know. And I get a, a Facebook messenger and it said something about casting and uh, A&E. And I'm like, who? And I just ignored it. And after like a week, they came back to me like, hey, we would like to talk to you. Could you sign a, you know, MDA? I'm like, what is that, you know? So, yeah. So I signed it, and uh, they came to me, and they say, you know, you want to do a show and go to jail for 60 days? I, I actually thought it was, like, like a joke at first, you know? And um, and you're like, that's light work. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you, you realize I, I, I left that behind years ago, and, you know, but all right, you know, coming from the city, 
You know, I've been upstate New York, locked up in the feds, New York State, Rikers, and it's like, so you want me to go to mid-state Arizona, and you know, and, and do Oh, man. <laughs> it doesn't get more red state than that. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it was a... Uh, it was a blessing in the sky, you know, but it, it was definitely more mentally challenging for me than it was uh, physically. Interesting. Interesting. And um, how was the cast members like meeting them for the first time? The cast members, they were, everybody kind of like the, the good vibe, you know, because you, 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 they fly you in, you get in there, you're at a hotel and, you, you know, so everything's kind of cool. But then once you get in there and come after then it was a little different, but every, mm. everybody had their own uh, characters, I, I want to say, but I was the first ex-felon, ex-gang member, first Puerto Rican. Like, it was like a first for everything with me, you know? Yeah, very, very interesting. Was the camera crew scared during the whole process? Because they're, like, literally in the prison, or unless they had it, the, the cameras hidden. Like, I didn't know, like, how was that? how that was operating. Yeah, well, they have, like, I want to say about uh, every angle covered with about 20, 30 cameras everywhere, microphones, and they kind of, like, put, you know, like, these little camouflage cameras to trying to throw off the inmates, and they think it's a documentary, but they send you out to do, like, interviews outside. You're supposed to go on a visit or, you know, attorney visit or anything, but you're actually going to do the interview, but they bring in all the inmates to do the interviews. Mm. But they were like, the 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 producers and the, the team, they were like kind of like a little scared because they would come in a little, every little once a day or every two days and, and just yeah. kind of like film, take footage, and you kind of just got to go in with the vibe, you know? You can't really act it because you're actually in a real jail. Hell yeah, man. This ain't no reality show on E. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, they think it's a documentary, and then after a while, they, you know, they kind of start figuring it out and stuff like that. But yeah, I saw one of the inmates say, "Oh, they probably filming for sixty days in." That was hilarious. Like, yeah, and, and it, yeah, and it would be something I would, I would say, you know. But me, I got into character pretty much like you know with the tattoos and 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 the way of talking. You, you kind of know the jail language and you, and you don't with me it wasn't hard blending in it was kind of like when they would say something about yo man it looked like them snitches for 60 days in i'm like oh, where what you, what you talking about <laughs> where, where at? So i'm like yo but it was it was definitely uh you know mentally challenging for me mm. who was like the craziest prisoner there because i know everybody has like the top head of like um, each race, but who out of all of them was like the toughest, like prison, you know, guy there? Yeah, I would say the the toughest one. There was a dude that he was in the in the background. He really didn't talk too much. He was one of the. So he's the quiet right, guy. He was one of the one of the the not the Chicanos, but the Paisas. But he was mm. Mexican, and he was kind of like quiet. He was facing a long time. And, you know, he signed the waivers to be on camera or whatever because they think it's a documentary, but he would never go on interviews or nothing like that. And uh, Oh, he didn't fuck around right, with that His shit. name was Sosa, and he was, like, more like, like, I don't I don't play that snitching. I don't, I'm not talking to anybody, like, keep them, them, them white people away from me because, you know, he was Mexican. Yeah. So when the crew would come in, he was like, yo, them gringos coming in. And I was like... <laughs> and he would go upstairs and he didn't talk to none of them. None of them at all. He was like, I'm not about this Kim Kardashian. Yeah, no, he definitely was yeah. not. He was facing a long time, too. He was, uh, I believe, associated with the cartel and everything. And it was, um, there was actually an inmate that came in. And this guy got caught with 40 pounds of cocaine. Oh, yeah, this was shoot. Arizona, the border. True story. And, um. Then he comes out, he tells me, I'm, I'm going to be bailed out tomorrow. It should be no more than $1,000. So I'm looking at him like, you know, dude, you got caught with 40 bricks. Like, what do you mean you're leaving tomorrow? And true indeed, he left with an oh, $800 bail. And, you know, that's how you know you're, you're in a real cartel land there because 
they're buying judges and everything else in there. Oh, man. And this is just hyping up Trump because Trump loves this shit. Just, you know, he wants any excuse to build the wall. And it's like, oh, let's get these guys locked up. Let's build the wall. Let's, you know, prevent, you know, unfortunately, other immigrants from getting an opportunity in America, which is the American right. dream after all. And it just sucks that, you know, Trump and ICE is just trying to, like, block all that shit. And, you know, they find any excuse from, like, any gang member without... I feel like instead of, like, locking people up and building a wall, there should just be a simple conversation because communication is right, key. Right, right. Yeah, and it is... You know, a lot of people blame it. And I, I would say that drugs are... Everybody has their own enterprise. And if it's, like, crystal yeah. meth, you got bikers... Hell's Angels, you know, whoever, you know, they have their own yeah. crowds, you know. So the, the whites tend to have that market, whether the and the Mexican more have like the the Mexican, uh, you know, the mud heroin and, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, it, when you say some people say, oh, well, it's, it's, it's them bringing it in. No, a lot of them drugs are made here, you know, especially with pills, which is like more like. Yep. You know, Xanax and stuff like that. Those are scripts. Which is the new crack cocaine. Definitely, nowadays. definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Even if they try to stop it and try to put regulations, anybody could get a script with Xannies or or, or mm -hmm. Oxys. And they're making it mainstream with hip-hop. Yeah, so they make it cool. You know, like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, this, this is the trend. This is what we're using. And you're basically using, you know, a downer, opiates, heroin, you know? That's true. So um, also tell me about the politics, because what really stand out to me, I, I believe it was the season finale. It was that you telling the sheriff, basically, it's very segregated and everybody's with their own race. And you're trying to make it like everybody, like at the end of the day, we're all fucking human at the end of the day. And we should all, you know, stick together, not really stick together, but respect. Right, each other. right. Though that that um, generational curse has been there forever in Arizona. So to me, it was new being a New Yorker. And I'm like, wait a minute. These guys are bloods and cribs, but they're just kinfolks. I'm like, they kill each other in New York. Like, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, so it's by race. And it was like, they condone it. The, the jail condones it and pretty much lets them do what they want. So, so it's basically mm. every man for themselves, which is kind of sad because if you get a, Young kid coming in there, first time, first case. Like, he shouldn't be around convicted felons that already been in the system. Because you, you yep. kind of learn. It was with me, with my history, that's how I learned. So my, my first yeah. felony, you know, when I was 16 years old and shooting two people in the legs, you know, I got bailed down. It was like, it's cool. I, I don't care. Because they mm. didn't take me away from the adults and, and they, you kind of like go to school, school of hard knocks, I want to say. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely heard about the school of hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I remember there was a scene of you, you got really emotional over this kid, like you just slapped around, you know, because he was being disrespectful, but you felt sorry for him. You, you looked at him like he could have been. Yeah, because Ikaika, you know, he, he follows me and I follow him on social media. And, um, yeah, awesome. he's out. You know, he, you know, I don't oh, want to put awesome. his business out there, but he's out. He's doing good. He he hasn't caught another case. You know, he's pretty much done with that case. And um, it was like it, it took a couple weeks of kind of like me telling him like, hey man, I, I'm gonna put you under my wing. I'm not gonna steer you wrong. You know, because he mm. was, you know, he was green to it. And, and, and you go to a prison, you know, they don't rape you like they do in the in the in, in the movies. They, they kind of, like, finesse you to, like, mm. friendly extort you. And then when they got you as a bunkie, as a cellmate, do what they want to do. So in my mind, it, it was – I was playing everything that I went through to defend myself and, and my manhood as a kid, teenager, 16, yeah. coming home when I'm 19, and then do another bid, come home when I'm 25. So I looked at him like, dude, like – you could stop doing this. Like, you don't have to do this. Like, hell yeah. Also, um, 
Damn, that's really crazy. I'm just like blown away about all this. Oh, yes, I remember the question I have to ask you. So tell me, like, what's the difference between like a New York prison and an Arizona prison? All right, uh, Arizona prison, rather, you know, it's the the weather and everything else, the, the clothing, everything changes. But a New York prison, when you go in, like, even with the seating arrangements, it's by gangs. It's so if, so if you're you're yeah. a Latino, you know Hispanic, okay, you you're Puerto Rican, you're either gonna be nieta, or you're gonna be you know a king, or some are bloods. So it doesn't really mingle with the race. It's by the gang. So that's what you are. If you, you you're white and you're a blood, you're gonna sit with the bloods. Like it's segregated like that. But when the push come to shove it's different than arizona because arizona it was more like you know all races against each other so it was like wait a minute you're you're sureño norteño but you guys click as chicanos or paisas and you know you know and then the whites the woods neutrals whatever but you're you're a wood or you're a kimfo if, if you're black but it's the politics are very different than new york Mm. That's very, very interesting. Let's let's get the history of you. Let's talk about your upbrings. Like, um, yeah, growing up in you know the streets of New York before it was. Yeah, time. yeah. <laughs> um, I grew up, you know, in New York. I was born in, in New York City, Bellevue Hospital, and I was raised in Brooklyn. And um, you know, I come from a broken home. You know, just like every kid from from the sub from you know not the suburbs, but. The urban areas, you know, the urban, like, yeah, yeah, right, I definitely, projects, relate. Yeah. the hood, you know. So I, I grew up in Sunset Park, Brooklyn, and um, I saw a lot of stuff that we, you, when you're in that life, you would think it's normal, like somebody getting shot in the head, yeah. and the guy real nonchalant just walks away, like it's all right. He doesn't mm. even run. So it's like, wait a minute, like this is how you, you know. So at that time, I started being in gangs, and I. In those gangs back in the days, it was like uh, the young young assassinators, like young old school gangs, you know, like, but you you kind of like grow in because I'm 46 and I'm going to be 47 years old. But you kind of like grow into the the gangs, you know, it, be, it becomes your family, you know, and after after being like around at 16 years old, I try to move, you know, with my mom and um. I shot two people, you know, and I could I could literally say yeah. I shot them because I did the time for them, you know, and um, it was mm. all over gang related and drugs, and and I thought it was it was normal, you know, at sixteen, and I became a felon at sixteen, you know, two, you know, attempted murders and they dropped it down to assaults, and I I think that I, I used to think that's normal, and you become to a cycle. Where you graduate, yeah. you go to state prison, federal, you know, do a three flat, five flat, seven months, eight, uh, 84 months, seven years in the feds. And, you know, I grew up there in, in Brooklyn. And then after my mother and father separated, I went to Puerto Rico. So so I saw another mm. level of violence, you know, like I'm sitting here and it's like, OK, these are. Nietas and okay, you can't touch little kids. Uh, you can't touch old people. They got rules. Like you, you, you don't yeah. snitch, and you know, and it's like, whoa, like this is like different than you know. And I kind of went from there, and then like at thirteen, moved back to New York, and it was like in and out, you know, juvie or or wherever the case may be, counties, you know. And but my life is totally different now than growing up. But I come from a broken home, you know, and, and stuff like that. And just, I don't know, it's it's almost like we, a lot of people relate to me because they are me, you know? Yes, right. How did you get introduced to a gang? And what gang I was were you in, in? Uh, the Latin Kings and uh, I was around, I was, it was actually a, a gang at first and it was a, called 10th Street. And it was uh, upstate New York. But already, Already the, mm. the 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 gangs already started mingling in to New York State, you know, coming from Chicago and LA. So the blood yes, trips right. they started forming. So it started like 
more like racially broken. Like if you're black, you're a blood or a crit. And, you know, and then it started changing. But I was in the Land Kings and um, I ended up doing, I think it was a, a county bit and kind of learned from them. Like, hey, you know, sit with us. We take care of you. Okay. You know, this is like family. You know, I don't have soap. I don't have, you know, food, commissary. These guys are really looking out for me because they kind of take like the totem pole and whoever's on top of the totem pole, they take care of. And um, I went uh, yeah. upstate. I went up to the feds, 84 months, seven years, and I got caught with some guns and it, it became federal. You know, and right when I was in the county, finishing my county bids three years, the feds picked me up. And it was like, you got mm. a detainer. I'm like, detainer? So once I went into the feds, you know, I ended up doing something to one of the lieutenants. You know, I kind of, you know, spit on him and it was an assault. So I'm doing oh, seven wow. years and I'm supposed to go to a medium. And he tells me, you know what? You'll never, you'll never see a medium in your life. So me being, being oh my God. 24 years old, going on 25, I'm like, so what? I don't care, you know, whatever. And um, I already was a Latin king already at the time. But once you go into to, um, to a match prison in Lewisburg, it was like, whoa, wait a minute, you know, and guys gutting each other, cutting each other, and it's like normal. Like there was, it, and it's weird because a max prison, there's no arguing. So their, their, their arguments are not, yo, man, I'm going to do something too. You know, their argument was like, all right, you got that. Nah, nah, it's cool. And he'll come back an hour later and poop, hit you in the cheek or whatever. So it was a different atmosphere, a lot of respect in the max prisons than than a medium, you know? Yeah, yeah. Explain the interrogation process, because in movies, you know, they always play the good cop, bad cop. Does that really happen? When you life? get interrogated by uh, police? Oh, yes, definitely. Yes. They more play psychological games with you. So, if you don't, if you, let's say you don't have a case, they don't have a case against you, right? The first thing that you learn is, can I leave? Are you questioning me? Or am I under arrest? You kind of learn these things. And there's always those, those cops that come in and they sugarcoat you. Hey, you need something to drink? You okay? You need a cigarette? You know, they'll play those psychological games. While the, the other cop will come mm. in like, man, hurry up. Get this a-hole out of here, whatever, you know. And, and they, they play with your mind. So the good cop will stay in there and finesse you to whatever it may be, mm. you know, and, and they've gotten better at it because now it's, it's a trend now. Like, it's not like before, like, yo, loyalty, you know, you, you can't be loyal to the streets, you know, no matter what anyone says. That's very true. And um, also let's talk about what are your thoughts on police brutality and, you know, minority neighborhoods oh, and how man. can we fix that I, I, to make I'll it better? I'll tell you something, right? My first felony, I was, I was hustling, but I wasn't hustling out of this house. And the cops were corrupt. He's actually yeah. doing 50 years. The feds locked him up. It was a corrupt cop. And um, oh, he wow. kicks the door down with like two, three other cops. And they, they smacked me up, pistol with me. And they, they had a fake arrest warrant, you know. And I'm like, okay, this ain't my house. Like, yeah, it is. I was like, you kicked the door down. This ain't my house. So I had like $3,000 on me. You know, they take me to Central Book, and I only got $300. I'm like, wait a minute. And, and, and it's, you know, crack missing from my pockets. And I'm like, wait a minute. These guys are really corrupt, you know. So you, 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 once you go through something like that, you kind of, like, hate the police. Something, you know, and I, I kind of, like, mm. always felt like that, which now I realize that it was more criminal thinking, you know, because – we have a, a, a tendency to be like the police is the enemy, you know. And and now there, right. I I don't want to say all of them are like that, but you, but me yeah. personally, I can tell when it's a cop that's racist or he's gonna do something or he has a chip on on his shoulder, and and it's gotten to the point that they're getting loose with it. Like, you know, we have a pandemic. Exactly. Who cares? They're like, who cares? You know, we're gonna do what we gotta do. Because they're enforced now by a government that doesn't care about minorities, period. You know? That's very true.
Very, very true. And, and it's just sad to see, especially all the things that are going on in the world right now. And it's just, you know, the majority of people that are dying from the COVID-19 are minorities. Yeah. And that's not really talked about, you know, thank goodness we have, you know, leaders like AOC yeah. really fighting for us and, you know, just trying to make a change, you know, and have, you know, it's just not right. you know, it's, the white it's people true. And, and we, we kind of do it to ourselves. But the, the my thing, the number one thing that to help people coming home from prison, it's the reentry programs. Because you'll get a parole officer that'll mm. tell you, yo, you know what? I'm going to lock you up. If you're not here at 8 o'clock, I'm going to lock you up. That's their favorite thing. I'm going to lock you up. I'm going to lock you up. Like, you're supposed to help the person, you know, reinstate themselves to society. And there's no programs. That's right. Like, the reentry programs are a joke. ASAC, KSAC, or wh wherever state you're in, the reentry, they don't help you. They don't give you tools to say, hey, you don't have to do this, you know? So there, there should be reentry and jobs for people rather than, you know, a stimulus check and, hey, let's keep it moving. That, that's not going to mm -hmm. do nothing for anyone. You know, $1,200, that's a mortgage. And, and what about the bills? What about the it bills is. and everything <laughs> else? Like, it, it, it's, it, it doesn't help anyone else and you had and it's yeah and i was gonna say sorry to cut you off i was gonna say it is it's just like yeah we're getting this 1200 check but it's like you got the government's been hiding all this money this whole time which this could have benefited so many people especially the homeless especially broken homes yeah it's just i mean it's just crazy system period i mean anyone with a vehicle have a little two three thousand dollars they could buy a vehicle go to work you know catch up on the bills the rent anything you know even your your, right. your, your self-esteem clothing it helps so now it's like now they pass another another the, the democrats to help and, and call for more money so everyone knows about all this money but us you know and especially new york where the taxes mm -hmm. are crazy high oh man tell me about it yeah and the it's basically a mortgage <laughs> you know so it's like it's it's not they, they need to give more, but at the same time, give people tools. Don't don't just badge, badge them and say, oh, you know, you, you're on welfare and we, we not take, we're taking Medicaid. And it, no, because it affects everyone. And now it's to the point that it's okay to hate. It's, it's okay to hate. You yeah. know, and, it, and it's not right. It's not right because at the end of the day, we're destroying ourselves. Yeah, and, and the MAGA hats right. is the new yeah, white hoods. Yeah, that's, and it's like, it doesn't even matter if you're a race no, no more. If you're a Trump supporter, you're basically having ideology and the way you are. And I look at them like, something's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Especially the Latinos that support Trump. Yeah. That's what Something is my definitely mind. wrong with someone's, when you're not sitting there and listening to what he's saying. And he keeps on lying and lying and lying. Like, if you don't have no intelligence, no no street mentality, no no street smarts, this guy is really playing everybody, everybody, including the Democrats. Yeah. 100%, 100%. your opinion on prison reform? And you think it will be successful as the years go by? I think, I think prison reform... It, there has to be more people advocating for it. You know, you, you have people like Sean King. For sure. He's, he's, all, he's awesome because he doesn't take sides most of the time. But when someone's wrong, they're wrong, you know? And prison reform has to start with us. Like, like I didn't go to a yeah. program. I just decided, you know what? I'm 35 years old. If I get 10, 15, 20 years, I'm done. I'm, I'm dying in jail. And my next felony will be 20, 30 years. So, so it was like common sense, like, yeah. I, I'm not doing this no more. But it, it wasn't the system. You have to believe in yourself and say, I'm not doing this no more. I rather, and I literally told myself, even if I had to sleep under a bridge, I'm not going to go out here and, and, and do stick-ups to, to take care of a woman or pay bills or clothing or whatever. I'm not doing it, you know, and, and, and you have to, no, the sure. prison reform has to start with the leadership. They don't care. They don't care. I don't care if you're a Democrat or, or Republican sitting on top. You need, you need to help. 
You know, mm-hmm. and it's even with the stop and frisk. Now it's like they use the mask as the new stop and frisk. Yep. Oh, tell me. Yeah. About so it. it's like, I've oh no. It. So now they're stopping it because it. now I... they're seeing his brutality. No, you're opening doors for you. You need to. There needs to be police reform. <laughs> like, yes. you need to teach these guys like, what you do at home. Don't don't bring it to work. Yeah. And the good yeah, cop has to that, check and the bad that's cop. definitely and it's it's a uh, the conversations that I've had under arrest by officers, cops. You know, I don't want to say officer. Officer is a person that's good. A, 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 a law enforcement that's good. Yeah, a cop. Yeah, 100%. is one that's not good. You know, and I hear these cops and 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 mm-hmm. I've been called to speak and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like it's all right. So. You're making me hate you more. Wow. You know, like like I remember they had the one time yeah. elevator ride. You know, I didn't know what the elevator ride was. Then when I got in the elevator and they shut off yeah. their body cams and put hands on you. Like, and you can't do anything. Wow. Because internal affairs doesn't care. Yeah. Like, and, and when you're in the hood, you don't go to the police because you got whooped. Because it's like a cold. We yeah. don't snitch. So if you see somebody getting raped, you're not gonna snitch, like what? What, what is the standard mm. on? What? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, no, sorry to cut you off again. And speaking of snitching and being from Brooklyn, what are your thoughts about? And this, and I'm a hip hop artist, so I have right. to talk about this, and I have to ask you this question. What are your My thoughts, thoughts on Takashi Six Nine? The ones that put him on are just as as bad as him. Like I can't go to a white yeah. neighborhood, claim blood, and put Billy on. Because he's Billy. He's Billy. He was uh-huh. really Billy. Like, he's not built like that. Like, the dude yeah. raps and he talks and he... The thing with him, he has good street smarts. So he watched his surroundings and he manipulated it. Now, if you're in the streets, right, and you're, you're committing crimes... You're literally sitting here rapping about it and you're living that life. There's consequences to it. So you can't snitch. But but if you're not in that life and you're a civil person and you grab the phone like, hey, these guys just robbed me. You're not snitching because you're a civil person. Mm-hmm. And a civil person does the civil thing. Like, what are you going to do? Grab a gun and go shoot? Like, unless they come in your house. That's different. But with the, the snitching... The, it's like I say, there's no more loyalty in the streets. I don't care who you are. Like, you can't be loyal to a drug dealer. You can't be loyal to a gang. You can't be loyal to people that believe in malice, and that's how they amplify their life. Now, if you're, you're in that life, there's one code. You don't snitch. And, and with Takashi 6 right. nobody, he was the breadwinner. Nobody sat here and said, yo, Keep this dude away from us because this dude might tell. You know, like, nobody had a, yeah. a, a, a brain. He was really playing all of them. All of them. Yeah, 100%. And now, since he's out, he's just been glorifying the whole situation, like, following the NYPD on, on um, yeah. Instagram and just... You know, calling out all these other rappers saying they used to snitch and it's just crazy. You know, that's just yeah, yeah, my I opinion. Mean, that's gonna get th- him killed. This is the thing with 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 Takashi Six Nine, right? Somebody's gonna and these. This is the thing. Alpo, he's a he's alive. Uh, Sammy the Boop, mm. reality TV star. Hey, mob wise, whatever. You know, you you're a rat, and it's been glorified. <laughs> Jay Z glorified. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, this guy from, from New York, that movie, um, was, I forgot the name, uh, Frank, whatever, uh, from the movie, uh, American Gangster, you know, from American Gangster, Nicky Bond, and he, he was, oh, uh, Nicky Bond. So it's like, it's been glorified. Yeah. And it's like, he just letting it be known, like in your face here, I hit 2 million views. And you can't even hit 350, 350,000. Like, hold that. But it was, he's, he's, and, and from, from him, you could learn he's media savvy. He's a beast at it. He will eat them up quick and he doesn't spend a penny. So, 
Yeah. You, you, you have to learn from that. Exactly. But they're not learning. What they're doing is they're feeding into him. And the more you hate him, the more he makes. Yeah. Un- unfortunately, you're absolutely right. And, you know, it's just he really has to. If I was him, yeah, I would just but leave the country. The thing up. with it is it's the money. Money is the root of all. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. So it's like, and it makes the world go around. Made fun of him. He made Meek Mill's net worth in a week. Like, like, like it's a wrap. Like, and he's not lying. That's his stuff. He owns it. He's making that money. But the thing about it is, somebody wasn't stupid enough and said, we're going to sign him because this dude talks a good one. And he did because he manipulated a whole gang to make them think, yo, yo, I'm a blood. Yo, it's not Trey. Trey Wade, you're tra- no, yeah. you're not Trey Wade. You you never were. You were uh, Mexican Puerto Rican living yeah. in Brooklyn, <laughs> mingling around Brownsville and East New York. That's all you were. And, and, and he took their swag, you yep. know. And oh man, yeah, yeah. It, it's just a messy, messy situation. But um, let, let's let's go on a lighter note. Let's go on a more positive note. So how? Did your life change for the better? How did you become a man of faith? How did you find yeah, God? Yeah, it was, all it that was down? believe it or not, and a lot of people tell me, they're like, how did you do it? How do you leave the hood and, you know, you you become a man of God? And, you know, and I'm a chaplain. A lot of people think a chaplain is a pastor. You know, I minister to all. Muslim. A uh, yeah. chaplain is. What's uh, the difference? It was, it's a story about the three chaplains. It's on YouTube. And the chaplains were military. And they. Minister to all. So, you know, mm. in the war, people were dying. And they were the only three religious people. One was Jewish. The other one was Christian. The other one was Buddhist. And they all helped all religion and, and pray. You know, and the chaplain helps yeah. people. So, long story short, I came, I was in prison. And I was doing a year in the box. And I, I came home. And I had wrote a book and not knowing it was a book. You know, so... My brother tells me, hey, that's a book. I'm like, what do you mean? That's just me writing things that happened to me. I was just expressing myself. He's like, no, that's a book. So I said, all right. I sent it to a publisher, just, you know, and, and they accepted it. So the book came about, you know, the, the pastor's son. And after that, I got a, a call from, and, and this, I was on parole at the time. This was maybe seven, eight years ago. And I was finishing parole, and... um. 700 Club, the Christian uh, network, wanted to do an interview. So I did the interview, and then I uh, I did a book with them, another book, Rise Up, and I just started helping people. And I didn't know that helping people was being a chaplain in ministry. I just literally helped people. Like, I would get out and talk to a, 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 a someone that's, you know, a, dick, a drug a, a addict, and give them a dollar. And before that, I tell them, hey, man, you don't got to do this, man. You know, you could get help, man. You know, here's my number. Like, literally, I would generally help someone. Or I would see someone with steak greens and a bag. And I would say, this guy just came home. Like, this guy's wearing khakis and a white T-shirt and some Chuck Taylors and a, and a bag full of mail. This guy just came home. Hey, man, you just came home? Yo, man, here's 20 bucks. You know, and from there... It just went about, and I just, I, I, I became loyal to scripture. And, and, you know, we're not all perfect. You know, we're all going to have our flaws. So now there's, 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 there's yeah, absolutely. people, religious people dying, pastors, Catholics, all religions because of this pandemic. And people's faith are being tested. But I said, you know what? I'm going to stop being loyal to people that are not loyal to me. Because I've been snitched mm. on many times. And those guys are still walking around like it's all right. Like, so it's like, where's the code of the wow. streets? Like, and, and, and when a person, like, not to go back to Kaji, when he's saying, yo, they slept with my girl, that has happened to me. <laughs> like, my girl saying, your, your boy came to the house wow. at four in the morning. That's... So that, that lifestyle kind of like, you're like, man, these people were never loyal. So I started being loyal to myself and to faith. Because not for none, when I walked into a church and, 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 a, and a white person, you know, not to be racially biased, but a white person said, hey, can I take you to dinner? Man, you, 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 
you're awesome. Your testimony is awesome. And I didn't know what a testimony is. And this guy here offers me $500 because he's saying it's a blessing to me. And I'm like, man, none of my homeboys never gave me 50 bucks, you know? <laughs> so, what? Yeah, so it was like, wow. Like, that is people crazy. People are generally good people, but you find them in the church, you know? It, it, it. Yeah. I was going to ask, um, how do you feel about, like, there's certain pastors that take advantage of faith in God and just steal uh, money from I, people? What is your opinion From experience and, and being around churches that I had, had to walk away from and that brainwashing mentality, because I'm more non-denomination. I'm not religious. I'm more kingdom mentality. Like, I believe in freedom. Of, of, you know, you commit a sin and you come yes. back and you bounce from it. You get back up. Not you not you commit a sin and you hide it. That's so right. What they do is, I, I don't respect that at all. Like, my nine to five is not taking advantage of a church. And I'm not saying all of them are like that. But when you got these mega churches and, and, and you got a pandemic and you want to be online and you're the only person in the church and you're collecting the tithes, hey, listen. Not for nothing. People lost their jobs. Mm. People are dying, you know, including my father that passed that's... away. So it's like, wait a minute. Nobody paid the funeral. Nobody helped. Like, where's where's the, the help for the, the people? All these millionaire celebrities. Millionaire celebrities are like pastors in these mega churches. Money, 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 money. And manipulating oh. to the fullest. And manipulating so people. There should be a freedom when you go somewhere and not feel like, well, I got to give, I got to give. Like, people are dying. People are literally hungry now around the world. And you have these celebrities, they want to sit here, they want to do lives and, and look at numbers. And, you know, and being in the hip-hop, you know, being in the, in the hip-hop circle, you know that people want to do lives now and get numbers. So now you got somebody doing 2 million yep. that has nothing to do with it or even a, a pastor. And it's like, wait a minute, man. Like, people are home. They're dying. Like, I, I had my 80-year-old mother here, and she was in, at home for three weeks, faithfully going to a church. No food. No food. So I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, man. Like, no. I grabbed my mother and took her here because I'm not going to let her die too, you know? No, exactly. And how do you feel about these people going to church during the pandemic, not wearing a mask, not caring, using God as an excuse? Yeah, it's terrible. You know, it's terrible. Stupid, and, and, you know, and shit. You're, you're leading people to death, you know? And I always say this is spiritual. Like, if you go out the house thinking like, well, you know, I'm a man of God. I'm not going to get anything because I'm, I am I walk by faith. Shame on mm. you. Don't take... Yeah, don't take everybody with you because yeah, hell yeah. this is killing a lot of pastors, people in church. You know, New Jersey, a whole family, they went to church and got infected. Mm -hmm. Whole family, three sons and a mom, you know, and, and, and the three sons died and the, the family didn't even tell the mom so she wouldn't die sooner. So it's like it's, they're leading people wow. falsely. The whole country is leading each other. This is not going to go away anytime soon. Like, this is playing tag. Everybody's playing tag yep. with COVID-19. Like, I got it. <coughs> I heal. Hey, uh, what's up? Here you go. Hold that. And it's not going to go away. And in the church, you're leading people because you want to pay the bills and you don't want the church to go away. You know, J.C. Penney just went bankrupt. They didn't, they didn't take people to hell with them. Like, yeah. It's over. You know, don't leave people. Like, I absolutely will not do it. I will, I will not do it. I will not walk into a church yeah. and have my son go to school. And, and No. I don't care what the government says. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. And, and people, you know, want a haircut. They want to do this, want to do that. Like, And I'm like, this is real. Like, I've lost for, for two months straight, I have lost someone I know or someone that knows somebody or a relative, you know? So it's like, this is real. This is Same. not a hoax. <laughs> like, no. And, 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 and yeah, it's, this, this it, is not a you movie. Look, you, <laughs> you look at the way they're going about it. Well, it doesn't 
hurt children. It doesn't hurt certain ages or certain races. This thing hits everybody. Yeah, like no love for the elderly. And that's the one thing us as Americans we lack on. We have no respect for the elders. We don't, you know, there's some good people out there that do stuff for elders. You know, I always try my best to, you know, right. help my grandma, but stay like away from her at the same time. And and it's just, but the level of no respect for elderly people, even before the pandemic, like we are really horrible with yeah, that. And yeah. we should and definitely like, take care of my mother's more. 80 years old. Right. And I went and got her because the building where she was at, she would have got infected because she has to get food and everything. And she tells me the other day, she said, if I live yeah. one more year, I'm happy. She tells me. So it's like, wow. it shouldn't be dictated by the government when, when she goes. Like, and, and yeah. I'm, I'm cautious. You know, I take, you know, my clothes off, wash it, disinfect, gloves, mask. I don't, you know, and I have yeah. friends. Same. Hey, man, I want to meet up with you. There's absolutely no way we're meeting up. I'm sorry. You know, and I see my neighbors throwing parties. Absolutely not, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, no, we're not. No, no, stay over there. We're like a, a thousand yards away from each other. Stay over there across the street. Don't don't come near me. Like, no, we're not doing that. And it's like people, I see people with no masks, no nothing. It's like, like it's all right. Like, <clears throat> yep. like I, I literally move away because you're, you're coughing and you're not even covering your mouth for anything. Like, straight, like, have no... And then you see an old person at the store or something, it hurts. Be- they don't have nobody. They need milk. They need it really whatever. does hurt. And the government's not helping. Like do, like, do a program. Like, you know, you got all these, all. All these people that talk about yes. we're, we're yes. patriotic. Right? I, I served in the military. I did this and that. I got family. Right. Yeah. You know, and I got family. I'm a real American. Serving. <laughs> My brother's getting sent overseas. Like, but they need to be patriotic and help everyone else. So it's like if, if, if you live in the suburbs, so what, what happens in the city? Let the blacks and Hispanics die. So what? And it's sad, but it's true. This, this is like the straight up truth. Like, and yeah. they're not helping the elders, like have a program in place. Like even the Red Cross, like have packages, something for yeah. the elder, feed them. Because some of them are dying of hunger. Some people are committing suicide. Like, like they're not used to this. Yes. Like, oh, this is yes. like jail. Absolutely. This is absolutely nothing like jail. I, I, don't get it twisted. This is confinement. But you got TV, Xbox, internet. And, and it's like you have yep. to help people. Like, call them. Randomly have a program set to help elders. Knock on the door. Hey, excuse me, can you, do, are you okay? Do you need anything? Go with yes. mask and gloves. Do you need any food? We have food. Yes. We sanitized it here. Here's a, a box for you with powdered milk or whatever. Anything. They don't have any of that. It, you know, it's like... Yes. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I just feel we live in such a selfish society Absolutely. because this country is based off capitalism. And, you know, I feel like people like you and I, we need to, like, spread this message in order to save people's lives, you know, because this is just crazy. And it's just we were, we were not prepared yeah. for this at all. And we have the worst leader in office. Like, I wish Obama was in office during this time right now, because I, I feel this would have been very Absolutely. more organized than the mess Trump made. Positive that anyone but someone that says, I'm not a politician. He told the United States, the country, hey, I'm not a politician. <laughs> you know, so it's like he basically told you. And it's like we need a politician, someone that mm-hmm. cares. And it's like Cuomo. Cuomo, everyone calls him the president of New York because I truly believe more people would have been dead. You know, and, and people are kicking, and you know, yeah. oh yeah, this is the worst president in modern history, and people choose hate over rights. Like, you have no rights. What are you going to take your AR-15 and shoot Corona and shoot COVID nineteen? No, you, mm-hmm. 
Oh yeah, it, that was like. Oh, he wanted like, the people I to drink bleach. <laughs> the TV. I, no, no, like, like, and, and, and went back on it. Like, <laughs> he did say that. So the next day, it was like, no, I was being sarcastic. So you mean to tell me, like, let's crack a joke, and hundreds of thousands are gonna die. So let's crack a joke about bleach. Like what? Like it's almost sickening. You know, a lot of people are gonna die. A lot, mm -hmm. really, a lot of people are gonna die. This is how society is now. We we need to love each other and be more aware because this thing is taking all races. So just because you live in the suburbs or you're in the Miami Beach area, Boca Raton, this thing is everywhere because. If it's in, in, in Africa and the Middle East, this thing is everywhere. You know? That's right. Yep. We're back. All right. All right. All right. So let's talk about how we met. We met on the set of Crashing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me what got you, you know, I know the whole 60 days in got you, you know, into the television realm, but what made you want to do like other sets? Well, uh, I actually met you right after 60 days in, right? It was, I think it was not even, it was just starting to air. Yeah. It was, it was and um, I said, yeah, Mike, I did reality TV and, you know, so I'm sitting at home one day and um, this guy was like, yeah, you know, he was on the train, and he's like, I'm, I'm going to work, you know. So I was like, what, what do you do? So I, I do acting. But he had recognized me mm. from, from the show, and he's like, why do you don't go here, you know? And he gave me the agency, and I went to it, and I'm like, hey, man, I like this. I, I, you know, they don't check background. They don't bother you. You come in, yep. and, and you pretty much, you, you learn everything new. You know, you're around real actors. You're around... Ice tea, everyone else. Well, you know, you we've been on set. Oh it, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it's like, it's like, man, these guys are really cool. These guys are nothing like they are on TV. They're really, genuinely good people. Like you know, and we get served food. You know, oh, we have yeah. crafty. <laughs> you you pretty much learn when you're on a set where you're gonna give the the, the good food or the oh, walk yeah. or the walk away lunches, but. You know, <laughs> Nobody likes those, but it's like, you know, and I just like acting now. And I'm more like, I, I like, I got used to it. Being around 30 cameras for two months, it's like, hey, man, I, I could get paid for this. I make a living out of it, you know? And yes, exactly. And like you said, it's a good way, like, say someone's just coming out of prison, that, hey, they can start acting as well. Like you said, they don't check no background checks. It's all good, you know? Yeah, it's all good. I mean, unless you have, like, a... a, a like a severe sex crime or something. Then oh, yeah, absolutely. Then yeah, they're going to know because you're around young kids and actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, it, Like, you, you, you have to report. But as far as someone that's like, like, you know, like tattoos, and there's always a part for somebody. Yes, hell yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's like, it, it doesn't matter your weight, your size, your race. It's like, hey, man, that's the role for you. And, and it's just you getting called and, hey, we need you. You know, and, and and you make it happen, you know? Yeah, for sure. What's been your favorite set you worked on? I want to say the my favorite set, and it's not to be like power. <laughs> I, I, I want to say power, you know. Shout out to 50. Shout out to 50 because not only was the catering good, but it was like he, he, he mingles and he interacts with everyone. Like, it's not like some directors, like, they're like, oh, you know, hey, here, hey, you know. No, he's cool as hell. Yeah. You know, I, I, I met him before. Like, I actually did, like, a BET show he had. Um, I pranked, like, my ex-girlfriend. And then after that, I met him again for the For Life show that's, like, premiering now. And it was just, he's just a really cool dude. He yeah, just shakes yeah. everybody's hand talks to everybody you know because a lot of other you know not all celebrities but some you know they'd be a little yeah stuck up. yeah some of them yeah Hollywood, oh yeah some of them are Madonna's, like all that extreme they want their pa their personal assistant oh you know don't get near me no we're not taking selfies no we're not you know but then you have like law and order too i like law and order oh yeah you know, hell yeah when i see when i see on 
you, you, we getting good catering, you know, we getting... Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we get treated with respect. Trust me, I've been on a scene with Ice-T, and it's just... Yeah. It's a whole different story. Yeah. So, I mean, it, I mean you, you, you learn from, from being on sets with different people, and that's what I like about it, because you kind of like, okay, wait a minute, they're doing this, they're doing that. Okay, I, I like that. You know? Yeah, for sure. And acting is just emotion. It's you. Yes. It's you. You, you, you don't... They say that you know the best actor is you, like you just turned up. Yeah, yep. just you. You don't have to, you know. And that's what makes, you know, acting. It's fun. It's fun. You know. Hell yeah! And you meet good people. It's all about networking. Networking. Like I said, that, yeah, that's how we met. That's how we connected. You just you meet so many different types of personalities, but for the good. And you know, it's good we all support each other. And just, you know, keep pushing. And, you know, one day we'll all set at the Oscars and just talk about, like, back in the day when we first started. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, now I, I get a couple, you know, actors following me that some of them were verified. And it's like, whoa, whoa, hold up. Like, hey, man, this guy. Instagram needs to get you verified. I know. I've been trying. So I've been pushing now more the the agenda of this is me. Like, why why do you have politicians that have only, like, 2,000 or 1,000 followers yeah. and they're verified. <laughs> and these guys only have two posts. I'm like... That's a conspiracy. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> wait a minute. You know, who do I talk to to get verified? You know, and it's like, I don't want to buy followers because what's the point of buying followers? They're not oh, yeah. They're not real. So you, And it's a waste of money. <laughs> it, it, it is. And you can tell when somebody is buying followers and, oh, yeah. and, and it's like they get 10 likes and you got 2 million followers. Okay, all right. Like something, something's wrong here. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you, you. Uh, now I was gonna ask. Um, how do you think the the whole entertainment, film, and TV industry is gonna progress because of the COVID nineteen? How can we go back to work safely, and how can we just, you know, create? Yeah, yeah. I I would say, I I, I would say going back, and I had uh, they're doing a lot of online stuff, a lot of you know. But I would say going back to work, I would say with the testing and people actually being quarantined when they go to work, like, yes. like honestly, and, and take their temperature because you're next, oh, yeah. you're next to the person. So acting, it, depending on, on what it is, you're really not going to be right next to the person unless they're like the main actors. Because, you know, especially when doing background, you're just going to walk by whatever, keep it moving. But the temperature, I would say, like, like they do at a job, like do at jobs now. Check the person's temperature if they're coughing, if they have symptoms, and and I think we could make it work going back. But I would say the number key, one key thing is testing, testing. Yes, yes, and hopefully we will have enough tests. Knowing Trump, we don't know if we we will. <sighs> oh man, it's it's like. I don't even have to watch Saturday Night Live or anything. All I got to do oh, is... Oh, no. He, he's his own one-man yeah, show. It's 5 o'clock. Here we go. All right. What's what's he going to say next? It's like, you know, unscripted. Like, don't care. It's my world. And, and it's sad that people actually think that this is a leader. You know? And the world is laughing at us. Like... Yeah. No, Absolutely. Uh, tell me about like future projects you're working on and anything in the works. I was and I was in the works of going to um Colombia and Brazil, so I was gonna do a yeah. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna do a documentary in a prison over there in Colombia and one in uh Brazil. And I had the point of contacts, got my passport, and I was getting ready to do it. You know, and um uh, I get a waiver, 2022 to Canada, so I'll have dual citizenship with canada oh that's awesome so it's it, I, those are projects that i want to do but i i have more i want to do a documentary once this is over and i was in the process of doing it i was supposed to be the whole month of june in colombia and this came about like it's like yeah like unexpected it just yeah it just fucked up everybody's shit <sighs> like like now you got to find a way to hustle and, and, and do something because it's like it's it's not you know there's there's no coming back from this unless we we make it happen you know no absolutely um what are your thoughts of like all the things that have been as a puerto rican all the thoughts that you know all 
your thoughts on what's been happening in Puerto Rico? Man, I, I, w- I want to say Puerto Rico can't get a break, man. Like, man, my island can't get a break. Like, it's like Maria hit it, you know, and then it, it, it's like earthquake, and it's like pandemic, and it's like Trump, Trump paper towels, paper towels <laughs> and he goes to the Capitol for 15, 20 minutes, and hey, I'm gone. Like, it, disgusting. Like, yeah, absolutely. Puerto Ricans are genuinely humble people. So they, they kind of like embrace them like, hey, he's the president. You know, like, he, and he embraced them as good people. You know, we're, we're not. We're part of the United States. You know, we, we carry the flag there, too. You know, and it's like Puerto Rico is sad because they can't get a break, man. And it's like now it's an earthquake. People are, are dying now. Yeah, they don't they don't have money for masks and stuff like that. They don't have it. They really don't. You know, and it's like FEMA and the government doesn't care, period. Absolutely. I volunteered the first week or second week of Maria. I took my brother a generator, like 100 pounds of food with the Red Cross. Awesome. And it was like I literally saw people burying people in their backyards because the morgues had no electricity, no nothing. They don't show this stuff. All they show is, yeah, we're over here or CNN or wherever. But it's sad, man. It's sad. And, you know, we we need to help more in the island. And you have all all these celebrities making millions. They don't do nothing for the island. Nothing. Like, all they do is feed off of it. Oh, yeah, reggaeton and this and that. You're not doing nothing for the island. I don't see you doing anything and people support them. Like, you, yeah. sh- you shouldn't. Like, if you, you, your net worth is $36 million, what's you, you losing 500000 You know, like... Yeah. it's going to get right off with taxes anyway. Right. So it's like, they don't. They don't. All they do is feed off people and social media. And because social media now is the new hustler. You know, and oh, it's yeah. like they 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 don't help. They, you call yourself Puerto Rican, but as soon as you leave the island, you go get a mansion in Miami, and you mm-hmm. for, you forget about you know the caserio, the the projects in Puerto Rico. So and, and that's how they are. That's that's how they are. Sadly, yeah. yeah. What do you think we should do to fix global warming? Global warming is well. Now they're saying that we have the lowest. <laughs> Uh, pollution. Yeah, because everybody's home. <laughs> everybody's home, right? <laughs> so, I mean, if if we genuinely work on doing things in that nature, right? And even with, I know people recycle. I'm one that recycles and everything else. But I, I want to say electric cars and and some things that you don't have to put fumes in the air. Like yeah, let's use the sun. Right. Like I would think by now like New York or California with their big traffic, I would think they would build a new railroad system that's electric or something. Yes. Rather than sitting here, you can't. It, you, it takes you an hour to get in the city. Mm. You know, so it's like, I would say the government needs to put an infrastructure, as they say, Trump would say. Yeah, we're mm-hmm. fixing the infrastructure. Yeah, all right. you, you, can't even, you, can, you can't even ride a bike in some places in the city, you know? And it's like, what infrastructure? We need to put technology, you know, solar. We need to put, you know, a new railroad system. Get people in and out of the city without the pollution, you know? That's right. Last three questions. What is your main goal heading forward? My main goal heading forward? I want to say after this... You know, pandemic and the way I've been, it changed my, my, my thought of train, you know, my train of thought, you know, I, I more now, I just want to do more to help people. But as far as me, I want to leave a name. I, mm. I want people to say, hey, man, this, this guy really was a good guy. This guy, really, yeah. he wasn't a bad guy at all. I, yeah. I, I want to put the people that are prideful and up there, rather it's, it's government or, or, or celebrities, I want to put them to shame and say, hey, you could do this too. Because if I make a million dollars, I'm going to let those million dollars flip to keep helping people. 
I, yeah. I don't care if I buy a warehouse and help people, but I want to be left with a good legacy, a, a good name. You know, that's that would be me in the, in the future. That's beautiful, man. All right, last two questions. All right, this one's a pretty funny one. So uh, basically, since this this is the Kush Chat podcast, <laughs> I ask every single guest I have on this show, have you ever smoked weed? I did smoke weed when I was younger, right? And it was kind of like a, the trippy weed, right? Oh, yeah, not not the good stuff today. No, but. no, it was it was like <laughs> it was like the trippy weed, and I had a bad experience. So he was like, "Yo, take a hit of this," and you know, and I don't know if it was laced or whatever laced. Ah, uh, probably was right. So it was it to me. It was like, whoa, you know. But even after that, when I was young, I would smoke weed, and it would make me go to sleep. So it was like, man. Or hungry. Yeah, or <laughs> hungry. So it was like, this ain't for me. Because if yeah, yeah. if I'm in the streets and I got to be on point, the last thing I want to do is do- doze off, you know? Oh, man, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Yo, brother, thank you so much for being Definitely, on this Definitely, bro. You already know, man. Hope to see you on another set. You already know once this is Hell over. Hell, yeah. Where, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Abner 60 Days In on Instagram, and I have a TikTok straight cholo, which that pretty much hit a million plus views, the little video I did. But I'm on Instagram, Abner 60 Days In, and um, you can find me there. Google me. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, talk that talk. Yeah, but I mean, pretty much it, it ain't hard to find me. You know, everybody that can reach out to me on Abner in 60 Days In on Instagram. Oh, man. Oh, man. Once this pandemic's over and everything's like back to the way it was, we definitely got to do an in-person interview. Definitely. You already know, my brother. All right, brother. You and your family be safe. Blessings. Positive vibes. One. Hell yeah. Peace, bro. Peace.